Viewer discretion is advised. Look deeper into what you think you see. Feel for what you think you hear. Break free from the chance of an illusion. The Realist Juggernaut. There's a powerful force in realism. To fulfill the long-held promise of a new world order, we must embrace a new era of engagement based on mutual interest and mutual respect. And our work must begin now. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all this stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. My fellow Americans, <clears throat> please, if you have a seat, take it. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation. So to, to, to gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're gonna come for my guns. Bingo, you're right if you have an assault weapon. About the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats. We need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. And about the incredible future that lies in front of us, if only we choose it. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. The flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just, that is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in. Noah, I know we're saving the speeches for a little later, but today we really prove that socialism wins. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. As the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. We won that election. Al Gore won the election. Al Gore was elected president of the United States. Right. This wasn't counted. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. Do you think Republicans stole that election? In 2000, uh -huh. I wish the United States Supreme Court had let them finish counting the votes. The Supreme Court denied the actual and accurate counting of the votes of Florida. If Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush... Jim Baker and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results, Al Gore would be president. An election has been stolen, robbed. It wasn't a fair process. It wasn't a neutral process. It was a process that was rigged against us. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, 
about its integrity. How are you going to keep it from us being able to be in a position where you can manipulate the machines, manipulate the records? In Virginia, when I was governor, I had to replace all the machines. Too many voters have cast votes on machines that jam or malfunction or suck the votes without a trace. I kept voting in the Senate race, kept voting for the Democrat. Republican name kept coming up. Three times that happened. How many other votes did the computers get wrong? I brought in some technology experts. They were able to hack into our machines from off-site in about five or six minutes. And within four minutes, they were able to change a vote. The legitimacy of any president that's elected is going to be impaired unless the American people understand that there has been a full and fair count of all the votes. We will continue to object to the election procedures until they are corrected. The objection is in writing and I don't care that it is not it is not signed by a member of the Senate. It is our duty to challenge this vote. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. I would be standing here saying this no matter what the outcome of the election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy. No right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence. AK-47, put the cops in piggy the will of the people and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. The willingness to engage in political violence. Folks, this is where we're at. It is what it is. There's no other way to say it. Everything Joe Biden said last night was a lie. And everything the Democrats and media are telling you about Trump supporters is only true about themselves. Well, we all saw it. We all witnessed it. What Joe Biden did and said last night. And it represents the whole Democrat Party, the whole liberal wing in the media and Hollywood and everywhere. But they want to point the finger at you. They want to tell you you're violent. They want to tell the world that you're the threat to this country. So quickly, before we start off here, let's just remind you of all the Democrat violence from Trump's inauguration day to the summer of love in 2020 and everything in between. Here's the truth about political violence in America with the video evidence. Just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. They go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? This way. That's it right there. I have thought 
an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't have an operational name. In fact, I bet it does. I bet it's called Operation Matador. They see us as the bull and they are shaking a red flag in our face and the matador is the deep state with a long skinny razor sharp sword so that when the bull lunges forward the matador uses the force of its weight to drive it into the heart and step aside with his cape as the bull buries himself into the dust they've got the ace of spades in their hand which is false flags before you launch a war you stage false flags that's the first thing you do because nobody wants to say they started a war bad guys start wars so every time a war gets launched by bad guys they stage an event this is operation matador they're not going to stop before election day in november and they're not going to stop after election day and that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You heard both? Police had to push back the protesters so firefighters could get to the flames. fires had appeared all day this upped the temperature which of course was the point one demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police it exploded in an officer's face plenty of tear gas six officers reportedly injured they will destroy your limo you need to leave now ak-47 put the cops in piggy the will of the people and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. The willingness to engage in political violence. Folks, this is where we're at. It is what it is. There's no other way to say it. Everything Joe Biden said last night was a lie. And everything the Democrats and media are telling you about Trump supporters is only true about themselves. A threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists, placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots, and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. This election never should have been certified. 
It never should have been certified. And and I call it to steal, but it was stolen because this thing never should have been certified. We know that uh, there was you know millions of ballots that came in during the uh, 2020 election that we don't know who they came from because there's no chain of custody. And we don't know who signed off on these because, because yeah, there you go. A great, you know, the, the ballot drops, the ballot boxes. We know that those ballot boxes were illegal in some states, even Wisconsin. And yet they counted all these ballots there. That's enough to overturn that election there now, uh, decertify the 2020 election. So there's various things that we know, millions of ballots that are invalid because because we don't know so much about them. In addition to that, with when as an auditor, you'd look at the big picture. And when you look at that, you see all these anomalies that make no sense. Pedo Hitler kept trending to number one on Twitter last night. Twitter kept trying to change their algorithm to remove it from the trending section, but it was too powerful. It was too overwhelming because it was too obvious that that's exactly what we saw last night in Philadelphia. Now, Joe Hoft from the Gateway Pundit is with us, and he has just released the second edition of his book series, The Steal. And we've gotten The Great Reset by Alex Jones up to number one on many different Amazon uh, lists and charts. Now we need to get this book up there the same. Amazon.com, The Steal, Volume 2. The impossible occurs, access denied, impossible results, the drop and roll, chain of custody, authenticity, system compliance, system issues, and collusion by Joe Hoft. Joe joins us now. Volume two of your book, Joe, there was so much out there, you couldn't just put out volume one. I'm, I'm, I'm hating to ask if there's a third volume out on the way, but I imagine with all the corruption there might be. What did you learn? We already knew a lot about the steal from 2020. What did you learn in the process of writing this book? Uh, well, thanks, Owen. Uh, thanks for having me. You're looking good, too. I like that uh, beard. That looks great. I haven't seen you with that uh, recently. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yes, what did I learn? Well, I tell you what, um, there was, you know, there was, we, we were reporting on it at the Gateway Pundit. There was few of us that were reporting on this, uh, you guys included, but uh, very few. And so really, um, what I'm sharing in the book, quite quite frankly, is a, is a lot of the research that we did and the articles that we put up at the Gateway Pundit over the last uh, couple of years. So my first book was uh, Setting the Stage, which was related to all these items leading up to the election. And um, uh, that, that book did well. As a matter of fact, President Trump, I, I got him a copy and he wrote a nice uh, piece on the back of that saying how much he... Uh, thought uh, that my book was well written and accurate and that the election was stolen. And um, so the second version is is more of what happened. So there's the there's the original book, the volume one. And, uh, you know, I talk about all sorts of stuff, things that maybe we've even talked about here before. You know, you know, I, I mentioned in there a chapter on chi uh, China. Well, I lived in Hong Kong for a decade here leading up through 2020. And I could see how Trump crushing economy. And so I even, in my chapter on China there is like, if China had a reason to drop COVID intentionally, that reason would have been because Trump was crushing them economically. And they're in a world of hurt. And we don't hear a lot about that over here, but they're still in a world of hurt. Their economy is really, really battered. And in large part, uh, President Trump took advantage of that. And that's how he got the tariffs and the things in place. But that was just one of the chapters leading up to the election. The second book here is The Impossible Occurs, Owen. And I'm trying in this book to share from my professional background what happened, and, and you may know, and we've talked about this, I think, before, that my background was in, in the corporate stream. Jim started the Gateway Pundit, and he was over here building the Gateway Pundit, you know, day after day after day for years. Uh, at the same time, well, I'm, I'm in the corporate world in my stream, and I, that led me to, to an executive position in Hong Kong. Well, yeah, and I was so there people for understand that. You, you're, a, you're a CPA, trained CPA. A, you're a corporate executive auditor. So logistics and, and crunching anomalies through numbers is your specialty. Well, thanks, Owen, and that's exactly right. I mean, I've done about two to 300 audits around the world. I've uh, done all types of audits. I've done fraud audits overseas and in the U.S., and I've done, uh, you know, financials. At one point in my 
career, I was overseeing multi-million and billion dollar blocks of business, the financial reporting. So I know a lot about this stuff and I come in and, and I was trusted with, uh, with my skill set to go around the world and perform these various activities on behalf of the board of directors of the company that I worked for because they wanted to know if things were working well overseas and that's why they sent me. And so, um, you know, I feel like I've got the background to say, hey, I'm not just Joe here on the corner that's talking about this stuff. I've looked at this with my professional experience and my professional opinion, and here's what I see. And, and that's when each chapter I go through it. And each, at the end of each chapter, I say this. Because of this, this election never should have been certified. It never should have been certified. And, and I call it to steal, but it was stolen because this thing never should have been certified. And I, and I, and I back that up with, you know, you know, massive amounts of, of research, stories, and, and data to, to prove it. Uh, for example, we know that uh, there was, you know, millions of ballots that came in during the uh, 2020 election that we don't know who they came from because there's no chain of custody. And we don't know who signed off on these because, because yeah, there you go. A great, you know, the, the ballot drops, the ballot boxes. We know that those ballot boxes were illegal in some states, even Wisconsin. And yet they counted all these ballots there. That's enough to overturn that election there now, uh, decertify the 2020 election. But we don't know also on not just, you know, who signed off on these ballots, but, you know, where they came from as well, because there's no chain of custody. So there's various things that we know, millions of ballots that are invalid because because we don't know so much about them. In addition to that, with when as an auditor, you'd look at the big picture. And when you look at that, you see all these anomalies that make no sense. And that led us into the area of, of data. And I think I talked about this maybe a year ago with you on this show where we had seen these patterns in the data that make no sense. And in a, in a random sampling, you should see a random basically result. And in this case, in the 2020 election, we saw patterns that, that just, you know, massive drops of ballots. We saw ballots go negative. So all of a sudden the votes for Trump are here and then they go down. And, 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 and yet at the same time, Biden's go up. We saw all these various, you know, rules that were just totally broken when you look at data. And uh, which, which, again, this needed to be dug into is what that indicates. We also know that the voting machines, even the Democrats were saying these things are dangerous, that they're, and, and I tell oh, you, there, from, there's actually from more, there's more C-SPAN footage out there of Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, and other Democrats yeah. talking about voting machines being rigged than there is Republicans. They, they actually talked about it. I don't really hear Republicans talking about it. Yeah, that's right. And so they knew this thing. These machines are not or they're not safe. They're not secure. And, and there's tons of information for it. And and by the way, that video there, I think that shows it all. That's the uh, where they're you know, they're preventing Americans from getting in to seeing what's going on in there. And that was Philadelphia, they, right? I think that maybe that or Detroit. But either way, we saw this in major cities like Philadelphia, Detroit, it was Pittsburgh, Detroit. Detroit, Las Vegas, and, and, and across the country where Americans were prevented from seeing what's going on. And as soon as that happened, really the election was over at that point. And, I, and that's really how I start off the book. Scott Adams from Dilbert had, came out with a tweet about a month after the election. And he says this. He said in his tweet, and he shows pictures like you, know, like you just showed, and he says, Americans were prevented from seeing what was going on. And he goes, don't fool yourself. As soon as that happened, this election was over because we couldn't see what was going on. Everything he said, everything else doesn't matter. And I'd have to say, you know, he's absolutely right from a from an auditing perspective. When you when you yeah, have let's say you go like in. Let, yeah, yeah, this is a great point. Let's say you go in to do an audit and the and the people you're requesting the data from won't give you anything. What are you assuming? Well I'm, well, I'm going straight to the board of directors. I'm saying, hey, this is going on. If it's a client company, we're getting out of that arrangement. If it's if it's internal management, we're going to be having some discussions with people and maybe laying people off because that's a real serious. And as a matter of fact, in all those audits I did around the world, never once did somebody say, no, you joke, Joe, you can't look at that. Never once. I was entrusted by the board of directors to look at this stuff and they gave me access. So all of that, that is a key point. If we can't see what's going on, then the election's over. 
and we needed to stop it at that point in time. And we probably needed to do a redo or some people are arguing, maybe take it to the house, but that thing never should have been certified. I want to talk about a word. The word is ultimate. Many of the products at InfoWarsStore.com start with the word ultimate. And what does that mean? Well, I guess I could call the products highest grade or prime or the best, but ultimate means the very best product we can get. Take Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. We went out to one of the top developers and supplement providers for turmeric, and we said, what's the strongest curcuminoid you have? They said, 75%. Nobody gives above that. And I said, can we go further? They said, yeah, 95. So Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is 95% curcuminoid. That's the active ingredient that's good for your joints, your immune system, inflammation, so much more. Well, that's why we call it ultimate fish oil, but it's actually part krill oil as well, which is in some studies even better. But it's the highest quality, it's cold pressed, it's not pasteurized, so it doesn't destroy the cofactors that are in it. So ultimate fish oil has been sold out for months, it's finally back in stock, it has wild anchovy purified fish oil. Because a lot of fish oil is lower grade, so it has other things in it. This doesn't. Ultra pure Antarctic krill oil. That's the best. High quality wild caught salmon oil and vitamin D and E. And it supports a whole bunch of critical things. It supports optimal heart health. Supports optimal joint health. Supports optimal cognitive health, it's your brain. Supports immune function, supports vascular health, supports cardiovascular health. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an amazing product. And despite the fact it's been sold out, we're offering it for 50% off. Ultimate fish oil, back in stock, it's amazing. You've gotta get it, and it funds the Infowar. Thanks for your support. We're talking to Joe Hoft, the author of The Steel, Volume Two, The Impossible Occurs. And my goodness, I mean, you just look at that Biden speech last night and you just say, holy hell, when they stole that election, are we in for trouble? And now they want to make it a criminal act to say that Biden was in illegitimately. And I mean, quite frankly, me saying that on air every day is a risk to my life pretty much. But uh, I I'm not going to get into that. That's not here nor there. It's so frustrating, Joe, because the whole purpose of January 6th was for Trump supporters to peacefully show up in D.C., show our numbers, say, look, there's a million of us here. Biden can't fill the high school gymnasium. No Biden supporters in sight. Here's a million Trump supporters. Now, here's the evidence in the congressional hearing why we need to delay certification with all the shenanigans that took place. But there are enough Democrats operating inside law enforcement federal operatives, provocateurs in the streets, everywhere, that they got enough violence to shut down that hearing. And now we have Pedo Hitler, his new nickname, in office with the speech last night. But getting back into the book, why do you say the impossible occurs? What, what draws that subtitle? Well, you know, and you just, you just raised a point. So in the first book, at the end, I, I, I I shared basically some work that I did at the Gateway Pundit leading up to the election. And I was keeping track of all the rallies that both Trump and Biden had between Labor Day and Election Day. And what we saw was ultimately by Election Day, President Trump had like 1.1 million people at his rallies. 1.1 million people attended. He had more people attend than in 2016. And, and on top of that, you think about it, Owen, there was, I don't know of one incident of violence at all those rallies. No. <laughs> you know, not one. And so 1.1 million people. Then on the other side, we have Biden, and I kept tracking his numbers, and he had a total of less than 2,000 people at all his rallies, whatever you'd call those circle events, you know? And um, so 1.1 million to 2,000. And you're going to tell me the guy with 2,000 with no enthusiasm whatsoever. We saw none. By the way, I heard last night's speech, the, the speech from hell. That Yeah, that's a great picture. Last night I heard there was a few people in the front that were maybe with the networks, and there was like nobody else there, and they were pumping in noise. That's what I've heard. So I don't know if it's true. I wasn't you there. You can hear protesters overwhelming the audience. There were protesters yeah. in the background with the F. Joe Biden chants overwhelming the audience. Yeah. It almost threw them off kilter. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was great. Thank God they were there. That was just perfect because they he needed to go really, you know, back to hell where he came from. And then the guy doesn't even know where he's from. It, it's it's just in, it crazy. So we all knew there was something wrong with this guy. And that's kind of part that we have this this the President Trump that was really had done a lot of great things. The economy was on fire. He really he was set up his whole his whole presidency. They were coming after him, whether it was through the Russia collusion collusion lie or then COVID and Fauci and Burks talking him into shutting down the government for just, you know, two weeks or whatever it was. And uh, so he had a heck of a lot of headwinds this whole time. And um, and and then we had Biden with, with, with whatever that was. You know, it was like in really in my intro, I talk about how the Democrats seem to settle on Biden. If you recall their first, uh, the Iowa caucuses came first. It was a month later till we found out who won. And they gave him to Buttigieg by like point, by a fraction of a percent over Bernie. They didn't want Bernie again. And so you could see it. Bernie started running. He started getting a lot of momentum. And all of a sudden, South Carolina came on. And Biden, who was had like 30 percent of the black vote and declining to Bernie, somehow picks up 84 percent of the black vote, wins South Carolina. And it's, it's off to the races. Everybody else drops out. Well, it's well known point. Democrats rigged their own primaries. Bernie Sanders supporters learned that the hard way in 2016 and then just took it laying right. down in 2020. Right. So think about it. The Dems haven't had a free and fair election in their primaries the last two cycles and in the pre in the presidential race, at least this last year. And so anyways, that the data, the you know, when you saw these uh, various counties that always go with the president, with the winner. And and yet we saw in this election, 16 of 17 or 17 out of 18 go to Trump and Biden wins. All these the anomalies of the you know hundreds of thousands of ballots to drop in the middle of the night. All of this was just you know none of this made sense. The data when you looked at the data itself, you see these patterns in the data fluctuations where there shouldn't and be. And by the way, nobody's and, ever offered an explanation for any of that. No one, no. nobody, Joe. And and here's another one. And I don't know if you've gone down this path too. I I didn't write the book. You you went down many different avenues. But one of the avenues I went down, and I noticed. I'm wondering if you noticed the same thing. Um, if you go back, and I went back like four or five presidential elections to just see how bad this anomaly was. The voter turnout percentage increase, or the the percentage increase in voter turnout from 2016 to 2020, is astronomical astronomical and and that's yeah. and i went back through like four or five presidential elections it's never been now it's voter turnout has consistently gone up in 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 recent history the voter turnout does consistently go up but not anywhere near to the millions it went up in 2020 nowhere near that i mean that right there is an anomaly yeah, absolutely. We saw even in Milwaukee the day after the election, there's a report from a local uh, newspaper out of there where they said there were precincts with over 100 percent voter turnout. And you're like, how's that happen? And then with a week or so later, the same publication came out and no, there was no precincts with over 100 percent. But uh, the, but the turnout was real high. Another piece on that, Owen, is that uh, in Georgia, this group of individuals that spoke in front of the Senate and they looked at this data. And again, there's a lot of information in that data if you just look at it. But they saw in like Fulton County alone, there was like something like 156 precincts that had a greater voter turnout than not just 75%, but greater than 90%. And these guys say, these experts, these data experts said, if it's over 75%, it's fishy. 75% voter turnout's real high. If it goes over 90, then it's almost, almost automatically fraud. And yet they had 156 precincts in, in Atlanta come out with that type of uh, return. It just didn't, you know, across the board, None of this made sense. And as you pieced all this stuff together, it just, uh, you know, there's just definitely, there's definitely from an, from, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've done some great work in auditing over my career, but I mean, this, this wasn't hard to see. The average yeah. American can see it. Yeah. It's like when you see vans pull up underneath Detroit in the middle of the night and unload ballots. That wasn't really kind of hard to see. There's something going on here. Well, and let's, you know, we, and let's, we, let's 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 because 
it seems so obvious to most people. The problem is those are the people that have seen it. The people that haven't seen it still don't under really fully understand what it's like. And there's two issues here to me. One, we know what they did. We know how they stole the election. All they needed was the right cities. That's all they needed. They needed Philadelphia. They needed Detroit. They needed Milwaukee. They needed Atlanta. They needed Phoenix. And they got them. They got them. That's where they had the most voter fraud. And so all they had to do was steal those five cities. That overwhelms the state. They steal the state. Then they steal the election. That was the method. But getting back to the issue, a fundamental issue of transparency, let's say, when they're putting the cardboard up over the windows so you can't see what they're doing, tallying the votes, obviously that's that's egregious. But, you know, I really think that that is almost just a practical example of the voter machine to begin with. How do I know what I don't know what happens in that voting machine? I don't have a damn clue that when I slide my ballot into there that it counts accurately. I mean, that's like putting covers over the windows. I don't know. Yeah, and you're absolutely right on. And in the financial world, in the uh, corporate world, and I used to, you know, oversee some big numbers, and we had to make sure our numbers were perfect. And if somebody would have come to me and said, "Hey, we can't guarantee these numbers are accurate because of whatever reason," it's like that's like beyond red flag. It's like that's not absolutely at all permitted. You know, every number has to be absolutely validated and verified. And if we can't do that, we've got a major problem. And we look at our processes and we make sure that those processes have no holes in them. Again, you look at these voting machines, there's holes all over them. These guys in Georgia pointed out there's a gaping hole where the where, – and here's another thing. With these voting machines, they use these flash drives, the USBs. So supposedly after the election, they grab all these USBs, bring them to a center – tabulate them all, and then send the information to the company called Seidel, who sends them to either Edison and the media or the states. But the problem is there's a gaping hole there where, where this consolidation occurs. And that's where we also happen to see SQL Server on devices. And I've used SQL in the past. It's just a software that allows you to manipulate, let's say, a million records in, the, in a matter of a second. And so that hole is there and it's available in these systems. And this we is have all in the new book, The Steel Volume yeah. 2, The Impossible Occurs by Joe Hoff. Folks, get it on Amazon. Get it on Amazon.com. Let's shoot this one to the tops, just like he did with The Great Reset by Alex Jones. Joe Hoff of the Gateway Pundit, thank you so much, sir. Good to talk to you. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. When the extreme MAGA Republicans quote a clear and present danger to our democracy. We are not powerless in the face of these threats. We need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. And folks, it's within our power, it's in our hands, yours and mine. We need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. To stop the assault on American democracy. To stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point. One of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. There's going to be a new world order out there. And now, America must choose. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. The MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us. We cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None. Ever. Now, we're going to insist on it. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. We have protesters taking up at their house.
He's saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're gonna win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. On the side of what's honorable. On the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. It's a danger if, if Donald Trump wakes up angry, watches Fox and Friends, and fires Bob Mueller. Well, uh, I hope he doesn't do that. Uh, well, he I watches, think it would he wakes up angry and watches Fox and Friends off, uh, It would set off a firestorm. I think it would be, uh, uh, you know, not only, not only on the hill, but uh, in the streets. I really think that would be a, uh, a bad thing to happen. I think Rod Rosenstein is probably more vulnerable. It's looking increasingly, and you heard the president say this, the national, declaring a national emergency is on the table. What is your reaction to that as a method of reopening the government? I hope that he doesn't take us down that path. If he does that, we'll file a motion or a resolution of disapproval in the Congress right away and ask for a vote on it. Uh, we'll also fight him and challenge him in every way that we can, in the Congress, in the courts, and in the streets and protest. But look, if the president does go ahead and fire Robert Mueller, we would have people take to the streets. I believe there would be widespread civil unrest because Americans understand that the rule of law is paramount. You, and it, you think yes. there would be civil unrest? Widespread civil unrest? I do. I think you're going to have protests and marches and rallies and sit-ins. I believe Americans would not stand for the firing of Robert Mueller. First of all, the president hasn't been able to point to a single thing that Robert Mueller has done wrong. There is no basis to fire him, and he'd have to fire Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein first in order to fire Robert Mueller. Um, it's time for us as Democrats to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. <laughs> but Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. We're proud as hell to be Democrats. We're willing to fight for the ideals of the Democratic Party. We're proud of our history. We're proud of our present. And we're proud of the future that we can create for this country. And we're not in this just to make a statement. We're in this to win. Well, I think you don't take the bait that, that, that President Trump came out here. You, you you say that what he has done is absolutely disgraceful to the country and call it for what it is, which is racism. And then you talk about things like high cost of health care, high cost of higher education, what you're going to do on the southern border to help stop the, the situation that's down there. I think those, the, the kind of issues that really hit home, how you're going to invest in infrastructure and how you're going to pay for it, I think those are the issues that are really will move uh, the, the folks who, who will get you elected. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, even in states where Donald Trump won big, that it does you any good running away from Donald Trump. I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I mean, the truth is, is this guy is bad for this country. It is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's difficult, more difficult now, especially uh, for women, because uh, women are not. As I say to them, you're in the arena. Once you get into the arena, this is, this is, again, not for the faint of heart. Sunday morning, I know I just came from church mass, but nonetheless, I'll say this. When you're in the arena, you gotta be ready to take a punch. You gotta be ready to throw a punch for the children. <laughs> for the children, because- We saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January the 6th. We've seen election officials, poll workers, many of them volunteers of both parties, subject to intimidation and death threats. Can you believe it? They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. 
and that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not if you think we're rallying now you ain't seen nothing yet Police had to push back the protesters so firefighters could get to the flames. Small fires had appeared all day. This upped the temperature, which of course was the point. One demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police. It exploded in an officer's face. Plenty of tear gas, six officers reportedly injured. They will destroy your limo. You need to leave now. AK-47, put the cops in the will of the people and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights to the pursuit of justice to the rule of law to the very soul of this country they embrace anger they thrive on chaos the willingness to engage in political violence folks this is where we're at it is what it is there's no other way to say it everything joe biden said last night was a lie and everything the Democrats and media are telling you about Trump supporters is only true about themselves. Top of that, there are public figures today, yesterday, and the day before, predicting and all but calling for mass violence and rioting in the streets. This is inflammatory. It's dangerous. It's against the rule of law. The realist juggernauts. There's a powerful force in realism, realism. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put in the office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. But there absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And and in that sense, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Stolen emails. Stolen drone. Stolen drone. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't 
first try. <laughs> the Russian attempt to hack, to hack the election, and frankly, the FBI's uh, weighing in on the election, I think make the, make, makes his election illegitimate. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, there's just a lot that I think will be revealed, history will discover, but you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigan stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference, and now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with the uh, with, so with Russia. He knows he's an illegitimate president. So of course he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. And Al Gore won that election. I think he won it anyway. Actually, I think <laughs> I carried Florida. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. If all the votes were counted in Florida, that Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be backing off. I come from Florida, where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. Delivery the chair, and an attempt the to chair must remind me. It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the is, people of the United the, States, decided this election. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over, our candidate had won the popular vote. And the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. The yeah, Supreme yes, Court elected the president. 2004, yes. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. But the Supreme Court tampered? That's a large charge. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they let the count go on, Al Gore would have got the necessary vote. The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. What I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. I don't think that George W. Bush won the election. Uh, in 2000, I guess that would go because I, th I think it, he probably lost Florida and also that nationwide. If you invite me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes there. The court has been thwarting formation of the popular will. The most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president. <laughs> I think in 2000, everybody thought, well, he did win the election, Al Gore. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. The right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations suggesting gross voting rights violations and misconduct I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. As in 2000, the votes of many who wanted to vote were not, in fact, counted. This last Friday night, I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy of my book. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen. The wife of John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of the voting machines in the U.S. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting. There were numerous irregularities in Ohio, 
including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections. I agree with tens of billions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. The numerous irregularities that occurred with the electronic voting machines in Ohio on November the 2nd of last year point to an unresolved national crisis. We cannot declare that the election of November 2nd, 2004 was free and clear and transparent and real. There must be independent testing of the voting machines used in Ohio. I'm not confident that the election in Ohio was fairly decided. We know that there was substantial voter suppression and the machines were not reliable. The members of Congress who have brought this challenge are speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom may have been disenfranchised in this process. Treating today's electoral vote count in Congress as a meaningless ritual would be an insult to our democracy unless we registered our own protest against the obviously flawed voting process that took place in so many of our states. Voters who wish to cast a vote for president or vice president can't approach the polls with certainty that their vote will be counted. One of the most significant problems in Ohio and in many other states was the lack of measures to ensure the integrity of electronic voting machines. In 2004, they caused Democratic voters in Ohio to wait for eight hours before they could cast their ballot. They turned the Department of Civil Rights and the Justice Department into the Voter Suppression Division with voter ID laws, voter purging, voter caging, voter intimidation. There aren't going to be any more election stealings. And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida. You refuse to concede and say that you lost. Do you stand by that decision today? Absolutely. The election was not fair. The process was not fair. If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. I think that Stacey Abrams' election is being stolen from her. It was not a free and fair election. Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. But will I say that this election was not tainted, was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement of thousands of voters? I will not say that. I got to tell you, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, the left and the mainstream media are going to have to sit there and we've got to force them to respond to this book. This book is that important. Alex Jones cuts to the heart of the matter. If you compare the finest, and I'm telling you, you take MIT Technology Review, you take Science, take all these magazines and journals, add the electronic part of it, and, and you know, NPR, PBS, all of it. I'll take, I'll match up and I'll, we'll go through and we'll do what Alex Jones put out there versus what your collective body has put out there. And if you're a sentient human being and just watching it, you say, well, God, Alex Jones was ahead of this. Not only that, he kind of explained it. They're just in this huge revolution against choice and free will and normal technological development and adoption of technology that empowers humanity. Instead, they want adoption of technology, forced adoption, world IDs, global social credit scores, carbon taxes that, that dominate and monitor every facet of our lives. You make the case of what the not just the new world order is, but using this great reset to really take up their whole idea of control and authoritarianism. They have decided to trigger a controlled collapse and then bring in a new dark age to control the general public where they will be in their Elysium fields. There is no new technology coming in. They're blocking that. And so really they're just imploding things under the cloud pivot model to show that they can get that control over us. Alex Jones cuts to the heart of the matter. He has presented tons of valid evidence and facts that I think have been really, really important to raising consciousness to what the sort of technocratic global elite really want to do. The true thing that you've done, which is stunning, if you look at the evidence of that and the facts, 
you are one of the great thinkers of this. That is very rare. You've got to go back almost to the revolutionary generation and see that. This book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, I'm telling you, everybody in America, the people that hate Alex Jones the most have to read this book. This is no beach read. You're not going to be flipping pages here. You're going to be having a pen out. And you're going to be underlying stuff. It, it's amazing. The Great Reset and the War for the World by Alex Jones. Available now at Amazon and InfoWarsStore.com. The realist juggernauts. There's a powerful force in realism. realism.